Is your Monday busy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this whole week's going to be like that, though. Just to try and get a bunch of stuff done before Thanksgiving. And then just to come back to, like, a, just a couple weeks until basically the <clears throat> everyone is out of office and you're kind of just waiting until, Jan- like, the second week of January because you don't want to bother anyone. Right. right after New Year's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The holidays. This is like the weirdest time of year. I get a ton of energy from it, though, because I'm such a, like, I don't know if strategic thinker is the right word, but I love thinking about the future. It is my favorite. And that's why I'm like always doing shit to my house because I'm like, it could be so much better. And I think that there, like, there's something about like the beginning of the year where it's like, like, I like big ideas so it's like the beginning of the year is when you're like all right what kind of big things are we going to do this year Mm -hmm. and like anything's possible because you have 12 months to do it yeah totally and then all of a sudden you're like oh shit it's mid-november yeah (laughs) yeah mid-november also means we're like two weeks away from your one-year anniversary again yep december 1st crazy crazy well Obviously, Abby has been on the podcast before, but for those of you who do not know Abby, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Uh, My name is Abby, as Faith mentioned. (laughs) Um, I am the content lead here at Gun.io. I work with Faith to do uh, marketing and content stuff for the the brand. We're a small team. We get it done. We sure do. I my Sometimes. one of my favorite things is when people ask about our team, and I'm like, yeah, it's just the three of us, and they're like, excuse me, <laughs> like it's three of you, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with our engineering team. I feel like people are always like very surprised how lean we run because we don't. I mean, our engineering team is four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five, and they crush it. Or like two yeah. releases a week, just absolute animals. Friday releases to boot, which is such a bold move. I know. <laughs> Thankfully, like our product right now, like at this stage is mostly internal facing. So if anything breaks, it's like, sorry, staff, if you were planning on working this weekend. Right. Maybe don't, you know, but usually nothing breaks. You shouldn't be. Yeah, they have a pretty good testing practice, so... You joined the team like a year ago, and I think one of the big kind of hurdles that we were trying to get over with our content production is like, how do we market to developers when developer marketing notoriously does not exist? Like it is so hard to market to and talk to developers. And Abby in a past life was a front end developer. So we're like, great. You obviously have all the answers, so come on. (laughs) All of them. I have (laughs) three to four answers. (laughs) Um, But I was like, I was thinking about this this morning, just like prepping for this podcast. Like, yes, developers are hard to market to, but I think everybody has their own thing where it's like, you know, it is, you cannot sell me this thing, right? When there's like yes. one specific flavor of marketing that just like doesn't do it for you. You got to find the next flavor. Right. Like imagine working like 
running a marketing department for an insurance company. Everybody hates no. their health insurance, you know? Right. How do and you so do you're, that? I mean, especially when you're, I mean, I think that there are companies that are starting to do it differently, you know, like they're like, we're the anti-insurance. So it's, you know. Mm. Counter-positioning. Yeah. It always wins. Like, yeah. uh, like Friday does insurance mm-hmm. and it's kind of marketed more towards like millennials where, you know, they're like, yeah, this does suck. Here's mm-hmm. how we're making it suck less for you. Not that marketing insurance is ever going to be fun regardless. But <laughs> Yeah. I think I'm actually, when I, when I really think about it, I am probably an ideal target for almost every marketing campaign. Like I'm such a sucker for ads, like give me the ads. I will click on them. I will buy your stuff. I will explore your Mm -hmm. website. I don't know. I'm just an idiot. I think my, whoever's my, like my FBI agent is probably always like, oh my God. She yeah, is, she's really got. She's to like get you'll some. you'll literally buy anything. Like yeah, yeah. I think it's just a. I think you almost have to have to be curious in that way when you're when you're a marketer and especially when you're on such a small team is like you never know where the next big idea is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Why not explore it? And like we've talked about this before. Like I love good branding. So it doesn't matter what your product is. If it's branded well, you've got my interest. Yeah. And if you're doing something really well that I haven't mastered yet, like short form video, I will watch all of that shit. I will like and subscribe. I will try to train my algorithm to show me more of you. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I feel like I'm probably in target audiences for things that I don't want or need, but I just enjoy getting their marketing content. Yeah. So I think that that's been like a, it's been an interesting challenge because prior to, prior to being a software developer, I was a copywriter. So I always worked in brand marketing teams. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's not hard, but it's like, I mostly worked in the outdoor industry. So like you're selling things to people who genuinely want to buy what you're selling. Right. It's not nearly as hard as when you're marketing to a group of people who's like, I don't want anything that's being sold to me regardless of what it is. Right. Which is kind of like what you have to hack when you're marketing developers. So let's like, let's talk about that a little bit. Like why are developers such a notoriously hard group to market to? Because you can only give away so many free t-shirts. That's <laughs> true. And at this point, uh, no one wants t-shirts anymore. No. Because it's a group of people who's, you know, by nature, very analytical. Um, you want facts. You want the truth. You already know where to find all of the facts. So somebody selling you marketing bullshit isn't going to work. You know, it's you can see right through it. It's a very discerning group. And I think developers also have, like, they'll look at companies and they're like, I could build that, right? Like, especially if you're trying to market, we don't market a software solution, right? Like we market a, essentially like a lifestyle hack. Like, hey, we can help you fill your pipeline. We'll manage your billing and contracts. You get to keep your full rate. You don't have to pay us anything. What we're selling is more of a, um, 
we have to help them come around to the idea and we have to be really good at showing them like, here's, here's what it is. It's not something that's, um, that's maybe like familiar to you yet. And so we have to explain it, but I think especially with software solutions, like if we were working on a developer marketing team for like name any software solution whose strategy is to drive developer adoption and to have like a bottoms up approach that way, that's really hard because your developer audience is going to find every bug. They're going to find every opportunity for, you know, better UI. And they're not going to miss an opportunity to tell you. Exactly. And if it's something that's just, if it's something that they could build on their own or hack their way around probably more efficiently than like learning to use your product would be, then that's what they're going to do. So yeah, I almost feel like our, our job is as marketers with a developer audience might be a little bit easier than somebody who's at like a SaaS company, right? Totally agree. And I think that that was one of the reasons why I was like really drawn to working with this company is because like we're saving people the time energy um frustration like all of the things that come with interviewing for developer jobs that was the first thing that drew me to the company and i think that that was like before i obviously knew all of the ins and outs and all of the ways that we make that happen for people it was like, this is just a better solution for something that is notoriously shitty. Mm-hmm. And I think that automatically makes it easier to market that um, because it's not something. Right. Because it's, it's like, hey, yeah, it's not something we're not like, like making it's, it's, up a problem. Right. Like, this is a very real problem. Nobody likes going through 70 rounds of interviews and doing like six take home projects so that you can get a follow-up email three months after you applied for the job that you didn't get right. it. Like, thanks for, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> so I do think that we have, you know, we do have an easier, I guess, lane to mm-hmm. work in, uh, than doing some more of that like SAS, but there are very few things that people will come to us and say like, well, this is how I can do it way better <laughs> because there mm-hmm. is no, Like we are the precedent for what we're doing, which is a really cool space to be in. Yeah. And I think another, um, another thing that benefits us is like folks that are telling this story to the public is that everything that's been created internally is because we're trying to solve a really specific problem for developers. Right. And so Mm -hmm. from like, even our, the way that we match talent to clients is like a a random client isn't going to reach out to you and ask you to do like a trial gig or like ask you to like work for free and basically an interview for eight hours like right everything's managed through us and that's because like we know this about developers so I agree with you that like our lane is a little bit easier to navigate probably um but that said both sides of the market in our case are developers. Like it's not just the developers that were trying to help get hired, but it's also the developers who are managing teams that need to hire devs. Right. Yeah. So like finding a way to talk to both sides, I think has been a fun challenge for both of us. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about this. Like I, like how much credit you are due for doing so much of the growth work 
because I think that you can't position yourself as an expert when nobody's heard of you. Hmm. And so for you to have been doing all of this work all along to help like really grow the company that now I, you know, that makes my job a lot easier to be able to come in and say like, look at all of this that's already on track, that's already been done. We have people who rely on us heavily now for fulfilling their development needs. And that makes it so that I can kind of come in and say, like backfill, I don't know if backfilling marketing sounds weird, but um, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Like you, you built a really great runway for us to be able to do that. Let's talk about that though, because, you know, you are, you're the first person with development experience to be on the marketing team. And so when you came on board, there was a huge need for somebody to basically like audit our processes and kind of how we think about content and brand marketing and see it through a developer's point of view. So let's talk about, I mean, like one year in, what changes have you made so that we are speaking to developers in a way that resonates more? You know, I think a lot of it just goes back to like we like being as authentic as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. The things that we're writing about are things that are like coming from a place of knowledge. I think that there was we had a, a pretty successful trial, I would say, of like sourcing content from developers. I thought that mm -hmm. was a really good like program that we did for a little bit of, you know, like these are the experts who are in the community. These are the experts that you're working with trust that this is like sound advice and yeah working with with developers to create the content i think is huge because nobody understands the questions that are on developers minds more than developers right so. right and to be able like aside from like having them um be a part of that content engine being able to like get feedback about pieces that people find helpful mm -hmm. you know like somebody reaching out to me and saying like that was a really useful article. It's made me think of X, Y, and Z. I appreciate that. You know, like there's no higher compliment you can get than somebody like taking the time out of their day to reach out to you and say like, that was useful. That was meaningful. Mm -hmm. I think we all want to be meaningful and useful in life. Yeah. So I think some of the things that we've changed is like, you know, it's a small thing, but consistency, like mm -hmm. consistently putting out content is super important because it doesn't just it's not just like that people know to come to us to see these things to read things that they find useful but it's like always knowing that it's there making sure that our site is getting indexed for that kind of stuff there's a lot of technical seo stuff that happens behind mm -hmm. the scenes that um it's not sexy it's not fun but it's things like doing it consistently you know we were just talking earlier today about um like how much more traffic our YouTube channel has right now than it did a year or two ago. And I think that that's because we're consistently putting up videos and it's, you know, our interviews. And I think that there's something to be said for that, where people are then able also to connect to the, to the team behind the brand, which I think mm -hmm. then lends itself more to like the authenticity to being able to really like see us as people and not just, a brand that's making money by getting people jobs. You know, we're, right. we're so much more than that. I think that's huge. Like 
ask me this question again when we're like for exercise, because maybe this is a function of being small. But I feel like when you ask somebody about their experience with gun.io, they will always mention somebody by name. Like, oh, David G helped me with such and such or Gurish helped me with whatever, you know, they'll talk about Jesse. And it's because we're built to enable human interaction, right? Yeah. So much of our value is driven through like people and that's kind of like what the face of our marketing is as well. Like if you sign up for our emails or our newsletter, like you get a letter from me on Fridays and yeah, when people, when you respond, it goes to me. And then I respond to, like, I spend my Fridays like writing back to people who write into our newsletter. Um, Which happens like nowhere. Right. Nowhere. Yeah. I still, whenever people do it, I'm like, why are you reading this? Like, I'm glad you're reading it, but I don't read. I like sign up for newsletters because I have grand plans of like being a well-read person and then I just archive them. But one other thing (laughs) that I think, and Abby, you've helped us do this over the last year is like decide who we're for and then don't give a shit about anybody else. And I think that's where a lot of brands go wrong when they're marketing to developers is they say, let me create something as sterile as possible so that nobody could dislike us and everybody's just kind of neutral towards us. And if you've, if you've ever interacted with anything that we've created, uh, whether it's our website or a blog post or whatever, like it is very clear that that is created for developers and for like a, a pretty like target market of developers too, like senior folks who are maybe a little bit like, you know, not wizened. What's the word that I'm looking for when they're like, um, whatever. They're senior folks <laughs> who like, you know, take no bullshit. And that's who And they don't have for. to. And right, they don't exactly. have to because they've had all of these years and years of experience that make them really, really valuable. So they could go right on to the next thing if they want. Exactly. It's like, how do you keep these people? How do you, how do you let them know that they are valued and that the skills that they have are marketable and we will make this as easy as we can for you because you've already, you've obviously already put in the legwork. Mm -hmm. You've applied to how many jobs in your 10, 20 years of software development? You know? Yeah. So I think like one way that we won for sure this year is by getting super clear on who that is. And that's who we're talking to with everything we create. Yeah. When we think about kind of future plans for growth, how do you see our brand marketing evolving to kind of talk to this audience even better and more clearly? I think that there are a lot of ways we can do it. And I think this kind of goes back to that, like, beginning of the year, big grand plans, Um, you know, Mm -hmm. as we've been talking about 2023 planning is like getting more in front of people. We have that personal touch everywhere in the company. And even, you know, like when, when people see it through the newsletters and they see it through the things that are being posted on the blog and on social and stuff like that, it's clear it comes from people, but How do we make that connection even stronger from a marketing perspective so that it feels like, hey, what what would help you 
And how can we be a part of that? How, how could we make this useful for the people you work with, the people, friends of yours who might be in the market for a new job? Um, so to that end, you know, talking about doing like workshops and uh, doing the conferences, it was like those things mm-hmm. people used to go to. Those things are, <laughs> people are there in person and there's business uh, cards. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of seeing like where we can really, uh, where we can utilize the community that we do have to start bringing even more of that out. Um, right. I think it was really cool, like when we, you know, in working with a bunch of the developers to do, to be a, a part of that content pipeline, it's not just showing that like we have these experts here. It's also a way for them to showcase, I can teach about this, helping them market themselves, even though technically what we're asking of them is to market for us. Right. Yeah. I think there's, especially the nature of a freelance developer can feel very isolating. Yeah. Right. You're on an Island, you are, entering another team kind of as like a solo I mean you're a hired gun right yeah that can feel super isolating and there's not a lot of opportunity to find mentors coaches mentees all these professional relationships that make our professional lives like rich and worthwhile in a lot of cases yeah aren't available to freelance engineers. And so I think the, the kind of next question is how can we do that in a way that is like organic, that, that feels right for developers, doesn't feel like, you know, something that we've created in a vacuum. Um, and I'm really excited for that for next year. I think we've got the right people on the job, you know, thinking through that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know I just keep using this word, but like, it's putting that authenticity in it. It has to be that's the only way you can market to developers mm-hmm. since it doesn't exist 100%. is to, to be, <laughs> to be real, to be uh, straightforward, to be knowledgeable. And, you know, right. I think that we have, we have all of that and more on the team. And so how can we turn this into a tool instead of just a thing that exists? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how can we turn our team into the tool that does the work for us? I guess that's what a job is. I don't, you, you would know better than me. I mean, I what do. is a job podcast? Yeah. We still haven't found uh, an answer. So if you are, if you're cross listening to all my podcasts, you will know that. But, yeah. <laughs> but to really take like the expertise yeah. and the, the personal touch that we have within the company and kind of, making that writ large for mm-hmm. everything, everything on the team, every, you know, all of these different aspects we want to go through. I think it'd be cool to, it would be cool to start like, you know, like a mentoring program, but that only addresses half of our audience. Right. And even that half of the audience is only people who are going to be senior level and up. So where do you source people who need mentors? You know, it's ideas like that. And like, it's cool that we have the freedom to have ideas like that and see where they take us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. And we also have, you know, a benefit that a lot of developer marketers don't have, which is a huge community of 
invested folks who are excited about what we're doing and always willing to give us feedback. It's not always easy to hear, but like it's, I mean, I think that's a a huge superpower that I don't think either of us take for granted. And so I think if we were to, if we were to summarize what we've learned through marketing to developers for however many years for folks who might be new to it or looking for new ideas, I think that would be number one on my list is either build or join a community to genuinely learn from developers, not to market to them, right? But to really understand what they want, what they think about the space that you're working in, their pain points, all that. Because it's such a wide field that like, there's no one, there's no one right answer in terms Mm -hmm. of like, what will always work. Just like there's no, there are like hundreds of thousands of software developers in the world. There's no simple solution. So it's kind of like, how many languages can you learn? How many other things can you learn about developers that have nothing to do with like the nitty gritty of what they, they do every day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. You really, you have to, you have to get in there. You have to join communities. You have to build that community. If you want to understand what, what it is that they're looking for and how to speak to right. them. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that both of us did was read the book called Developer Marketing Does Not Exist, which we can throw in the show notes. Highly recommend, especially if you're new to the field. Um, It sounds obvious, but there's some really tactical advice in there that I think you and I both use in our day to day. Yeah, I think I read that actually like before my final interview. Oh, really? You mentioned it when, when we interviewed. And I was oh my like, gosh, I'm going to read that book this weekend. So I get this job. <laughs> it's a great it work. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Read the book and you'll get hired someplace. And yeah. also you'll be really good at your job. Yeah. And I mean, there are, there are communities out there and resources for it. Um, like uh, Chris and I just did some sessions last week at a developer marketing conference mm-hmm. where it kind of, you know, they cover all of the issues that are, make it hard to target uh some of the things seem really obvious and some of them aren't Mm -hmm. but it's like totally chris was like what is the what is the deal with like developers loving free t-shirts and i was like i don't know man it's a thing now it's a thing stickers and And (laughs) t-shirts and look how excited you know like you sent those stickers to darko and all of a sudden five other people are like yeah i want those uh 50 i'm writing 50 handwritten cards with stickers to people this week i love it but that's yeah that's the kind of shit yeah one is get to know your community join a community start a community whatever but do so to learn two is read the book that we both love developer marketing does not exist yeah and i think the third thing at least for me that's been really helpful is to have somebody who I have good rapport with, which is you, who's able to give me advice around authentic, not advice, but feedback around authenticity, right? So if I write something, whether it's an ad or the Wayfair or a a note in our community, there's folks here that I can trust to give me feedback around like, hey, that sounded like way too marketing-y. Can we scale that back like 90%? 
So like an accountability for authenticity is huge. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I have anything to add to that. So. Oh, great. Well, I'm yeah, just summarizing I... all the, the lovely things that you shared. So <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> See, this is why we work great together. It is. All right. Well, if you are listening, you've got questions for either Abby or I, you can find us both on the dumpster fire that is Twitter. Usually. Yes. Yeah. We're, um, we're there personally, but we're also often behind the keyboard for the gun.io account. So just shoot us a DM. We're happy to, to chat. Um, and Abby, I'm sure I'll drag you back on the podcast very soon. Well, I'm the one who plans all of this, so maybe I'll it's just drag true. myself back. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast powered by Gun.io. We drop two episodes per week, so if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at the Frontier Pod, and we'll see you next week. Selling is more of like. Okay. Of course. Should. It's because. Hey, Shug. Um. I swear to God. I'm just going to put them outside. Okay. Oh, you're good. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.